0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial to Millionaire Podcast. As always, this is your host, Paris Grant, coming to you with everything financial. And before you go ahead and skip, because you hear the same thing every single time, I want you to go ahead and get your finger off the pause button. I recently joined my local Chamber of Commerce. And for those of you who want to know what that is, what they do, and why you should join, I'm going to be doing an episode on that next But right now, that's not what's important. Right now, what's important is that my local Chamber of Commerce is partnering with Ronald McDonald House for a toy drive and for a fundraiser. For the toy drive, we'll be doing all that we can to collect 750 toys to deliver to kids at the Ronald McDonald House. I am not going to give out my personal address on my podcast because I care about the safety of myself and of my family. But I am very, 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 very adamant about fundraising. And what the fundraiser is, it's a, share a night, it's a share a night fundraiser. And the Ronald McDonald House operates at 100% capacity. Well, not 100% capacity, 365 days a year. And it costs money to provide that level of hospitality, the bedding, the housing, the food, everything. It, it costs money. And instead of telling people, denying people based on their financial status or their financial, like wherever they're at, They turn to the community to fundraise, to donate, to make sure that no family is ever turned away. Right now, and I'm I'm always telling you guys, the way you spend your money reflects the world you want to live in. Right now, I'm giving you guys an opportunity to donate and you don't even have to do anything. Don't even have to do anything. You don't have to actually put in a dime. Every ad that you guys listen to, the ads that I know you guys hate so much because it's the same thing every single time. For every time you listen to one of those ads, the revenue that I gain from that will go directly towards this fundraiser. I will not take a dime out of it. It is not for me completely right there for the fundraiser. I'll be donating my own personal income anyway but for those of you who maybe don't have the funds to be able to donate or don't want to like go through the trouble of clicking at any links, just make sure that you listen to every single ad that I play. I'm going to be playing to this episode. Every time you listen to an ad, that money is going towards this fundraiser. For those of you who do want to be a little bit more hands-on listener supporters, I'll be matching your contributions toward this fundraiser. So if you go ahead and hit the link that I placed inside the bio for the show, you'll be able to click the link, become a listener supporter. If you go for a dollar a month, I'll be donating a dollar a month alongside you. If you go for $10 a month, $10 a month right alongside you. Like I said, I was already on my own donation schedule anyway, but this is for my way of using my podcast and my platform to help out somebody else who needs it. And then if you want to go take it the extra mile and say, you know what, I don't even care about the Millennials Millionaire podcast right now, I, I went ahead and put the link so you can go go ahead and donate directly, as well as the link so that you guys can find out more about Ronald McDonald House and what they do. I know that not everyone who listens to the podcast is based in Florida and it might seem a little far removed from you, but just know that this money is not for me. It's not to help me get rich. This is not how I become a millionaire is through tricking you guys, but This is helping somebody have a good Christmas. This is helping families focus on not like, oh, do we have enough money to be here right now? It's, I wanna watch my child recover. I wanna know that we're okay. And if you've listened this far, a good pro tip for you is to start planning for the holidays from now. But all that aside, It's a really good cause and it's uh I'm always looking for different ways to have a bigger impact on the world around me. And I'm always thanking you guys for giving me this platform to be able to speak and just to hear me talk about the things that I do. And I know that you guys know I'm coming from a good place. This is just another way to provide more value and make the world a better place, not just for me or for yourself, but for everyone else around us. So make sure you listen to the ads, make sure you tell your friends to listen to the show, just to listen to the ads, even don't even listen to what I have to say, just the ads. And if you want to be a listener supporter, like I said, I have everything listed inside the link so whenever you get a chance if you're driving don't do it right now but and if you're driving perfect all you have to do is listen to the ad listen to other episodes listen to those ads all the ad revenue from now until christmas is going towards this so i'm gonna play one quick one right now then we'll get right into today's show thank you guys So We are back. For those of you who somehow magically skipped to this point, I partnered with my local chamber of commerce. We're doing a toy drive as well as a fundraiser by listening to the ads that I play and becoming a listener supporter or either or. I will be matching your contributions and putting it towards that fundraiser. Remember, we don't keep it 100. We keep it 1 million. But that's not what the show is about. This episode is about ETFs, but not really ETFs specifically. So I did the beginner investment series. For those of you who is your first time here in the show, feel free to go back, listen through that. And I had a lot of positive reviews, a lot of positive feedback, and a lot of people who took the advice to heart and want to get started. So they got in there, started opening up the apps, they're doing the research, they're trying to see what was good for them, what was like, you see like what their kind of like risk tolerance was. And there's actually somebody I know personally who was like really getting involved with it, they're really taking it in stride. And then, I literally got a text at like some weird time, like eight, like eight. I want to say 8 p.m. Like that's a weird time. But for me, it's a weird time. And he's just like WTF is an ETF. This is a kid friendly show, so I can't say the actual word. But he actually said the whole thing. And it made me laugh because I was realizing that even in the most simple kinds of investing, even in the most simplest ways by opening up a robo advisory app on your phone it's still going to you're still seeing these terms and phrases being used so casually and you're just kind of expected to know what it does or like why it's good or why it's not and i realized like this exists on even the most basic levels so this episode is going to be all about demystifying all of that and talking about what each one of them is i will be playing another ad right now for those of you guys to listen to i will not be doing this every episode it will not be chock full of ads i promise to only do one or two at the most but for this episode i really want to drill it in so that you guys know to be listening to the ads and to be making sure that you tell your friends to listen to the show so they can listen to the ads so that we can help some kids get some gifts and help families sleep better at night so one more and then we're getting to the show And we are back! So just like this episode title states, WTF is an ETF. There's a lot of confusion going on out there, especially when you first get immersed in the world of finance. It can seem like a lot of these terms and phrases being used, you should know what they mean. You don't know if it's important. People saying smart beta this, trade ATFs this, dividends here, this is what the NASDAQ is doing. It can all be kind of confusing, especially for the uninitiated. Um, I know when I first started getting into finance, I found it really daunting because I was like, there's so much to know. There's no way I'm going to remember all of this stuff. It just seems like so, uh, what's important? What's not? Do I focus on this? Do I not? And it can be, you know, it's a little confusing. So this episode is dedicating to demystifying some of these terms and just giving you that general knowledge. So you'll know what you're getting yourself into. You'll know what something's talking about. And you'll be able to explain to somebody else who might have the same question. The first one I'm going to start with is ETF. So an etf stands for exchange traded fund and etfs actually function a lot like mutual funds in a mutual fund different investors pool their money together and invest as a group that means that if something if a share is a hundred dollars somebody might put in 20 and somebody's gonna put in 30 and then somebody's gonna put another 50 and then together since they're invested inside the mutual fund they will invest and all the returns will be distributed evenly based on the percentage that you've invested in it an etf works similarly except with a mutual fund and a lot of other financial instruments they function throughout the days so in a mutual fund let's say you decide to sell off some of your shares in a mutual fund and it's at 100 and you do that at 10 o'clock 10 a.m if it goes down to 70 goes up to goes up to 85 down to 60 up to 65 whatever it is at the end of that day is the value that you're going to get so it gets traded so the trades are executed whenever you place it but then They can't account for what's going to happen to the market from when you place the trade to when the day is over. But you don't get anything until the day is over. An ETF functions like a stock does, as in it can be shared back and forth. It literally trades just like a stock. That's why it's called exchange traded fund. So it's the same way as a fund. It's just exchange traded, as in if it's at 100 and you sell it at 10 at 10 a.m., you're gonna get a 100 for it i mean minus the commission fees all that other stuff but the general math so etfs a lot of robo advisors they promote etfs because it's like a lot more it's easier to trade a lot more volatile and i think that they hope it boosts returns i'm not really sure what the inspiration is behind it but that's what an etf is so if anybody for my friend out there and for anyone else who was wondering what an etf is that's what it is an exchange traded fund works just like a mutual fund but trades like a stock now, we got dividends. Now, a lot of us kind of have an idea of what dividends are. We know that a dividend is what you get paid for when you invest in a stock, and we can kind of assume that it's going to be a percentage of what you've invested. For those who are investing in individual stocks when it comes to dividends, this is, I mean, the whole show is mostly geared towards beginners. So, if you already like a, I know a lot of people are dividend dividend investors, so they're probably a lot more well-versed on it than I am. But for the beginners... One, not all stocks pay dividends, you should definitely look into the company that you're trying to invest in and see if they pay a dividend. And also dividends are subject to change. So sometimes they increase, they lower. You want to look at the company's history for dividends to kind of get an idea of what you're getting yourself into. And the reason why I bring this up is because, like I mentioned, I do know people who are dividend investors who literally invest in stocks just for the dividends they pay and they make their income from that. And I I mean, I can't really vouch for the vi- its viability as a strategy because I don't do it myself. But for the new investors out there. I wouldn't recommend dividend chasing you want to look to invest in companies that provide some sort of value that is something you believe in or if you've done the fundamental analysis of it you can you find that like you can make a certain profit out of it but investing in something solely for the dividend if you see something oh this pays a five percent dividend don't make that like your get get rich quick scheme um that's all I'm gonna really speak on that that's not really to demystify anything it's just to really speak on it a little bit and then we got beta so this one I I can't I've been actually waiting to talk about. I almost did a full episode just on beta. Um, for those of you who don't know, I did used to invest with Betterment, which is the robo-advisory app, and they used to blow me up about this stuff. Oh my God, smart beta this, smart beta that. And if you look at a lot of different financial, uh, like robo-advisory apps, you'll be able to, you'll see, like, they really promote this, like, smart beta thing. And even, not even just apps, like, institutional investors still have, like, smart beta portfolios. And a lot of people, and again, I want to do a whole episode on this because I know people who will talk to me, and like, oh, like, blah, 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 I got a whole smart beta portfolio, this and that. And it could be from a robo-advisor, something that they put together themselves. I mean, I don't like to judge. I'm not going to go divesting people's financial information. But then if I ask them, like, oh, what's smart beta? They don't know. They're like, oh, it's just like a better way to invest. It's just like, it's, it's the wave. And I'm like, oh, do you, know, like, do you know what beta is? And the reason why I asked actually is because I didn't know what it was, which is why I didn't want to, I was like, is it, some, is it worth it? I don't really know. I didn't really do the research on it. And it was not something that really came across like as something worth learning about. But then when I asked somebody and I realized that a lot of people were investing in, you know, like smart beta portfolios and beta and like seeing beta everywhere, I was like, what is it? And it's actually a very, very simple concept. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to do a whole episode on it past this section. But beta is basically, it's measuring the total risk of a security and you measure, but you measure its risk as its variability of the returns. So different as a stock market moves up and down, different stocks will react differently. Some will if the stock market goes up, they go way up. And if the stock market goes down, they don't really go that down. That variability of how the stock of how the stock moves relative to the rest of its market is what is what beta is. And that's how you measure beta. Now, there's a little issue. There's some issues with beta. I won't really say issues, but like different caveats to it is that beta is relative, as in it's only measured as what it's being measured against. So if you say a smart beta portfolio, is it saying, okay, like this stock or this ETF will react to the total stock market, to the S&P, to other stocks in its industry? You have to kind of know what that beta is, saying beta in general doesn't really make any sense. But if you wanna make it more vague and just say, okay, like a whole beta portfolio, just all stocks have a, like, I mean, you can calculate beta as a number, uh, I don't have the calculations in front of me, so I can't really even do an example for it. But when you calculate the beta, you're calculating the variability and as, uh, of the stock or the risk security as compared to the rest of the market. So then you're going to come up with a number. You can kind of put together a portfolio of numbers that correlate closely or numbers that are the same. But even so, all the betas will, could be subjective. That's all I'm going to speak on that one more quick little break and be right back to talk to you talk to you guys about the nasdaq the dow jones and tax loss harvesting all right we are back and i promise that that is the last ad for this show so next term tax loss harvesting this one seems a lot cooler than it really is when you hear it tax loss harvesting sounds like you're really doing something like some like insider trading i don't even know but really and truly it's something really simple and tax loss harvesting is the practice of selling a security and experiencing a loss in the stock market when you have a portfolio and you're seeing everything go up and go down, if you don't sell when it's up and you don't or you don't sell when it's down, you never experience that gain or that loss right tax loss harvesting you go you harvest the, you harvest the law the quotation marks around there by you take the l you sell the stock and then you buy up a new one but because you've Put in that you have a loss, it's gonna offset your capital gains, so which means that you'll actually be paying less in capital gains tax whenever you do decide to sell. It's kind of fancy, but kind of not. I feel like for the individual investor, it's not really something you should be making a practice of just because like the time that it takes to go through it doesn't really equate to the amount of money that you'll save, really. And then if you are using a robo advisor that does tax loss harvesting. If the, if the question is, should I do it or should I not? I would say it won't hurt you to go do it. But as you branch out and decide to, you know, become a little bit more independent and you start making more portfolio decisions, I would say don't make it a practice of, oh, tax loss harvesting is part of my portfolio. Uh, if you want to have more information on it, I'm sure it's out there. But I don't really look into things more so than I need to as, like, as far as if I feel like it benefits me or not. But hey, it's a made up the model. Who knows? It might be good for you. I don't really think it's that necessary. And then we're going to finish this out. This is one that seems so common to me. And in reality, you could Google this. So I don't really, it didn't really feel necessary to include it in the episode. But I'm going to do it just in case anybody doesn't feel like doing so. When people say, and what does NYSC stand for? S, and then the SP 500 and the Dow Jones. People always ask, what are these things? I look in the news, it says is, NYSC is going up or NYSC is going down. And like I, it seemed pretty self apparent to me because it's something I knew about even before I started. And this isn't for me to sound like you're dumb for not knowing, but it's just something where, it's like it's like a pretty easy Google search. But NYSE literally stands for the New York Stock Exchange, and it is just measuring what's going on over there. That's all that is. So if the if it says it's going down, stock market's going down. Um, and the same thing for the S&P 500. S&P just stands for Standard & Poor's 500. It measures the 500 biggest companies, I think, in the United States. And you have the Dow Jones Industrial Average. All of these are just different indexes or indices that measure the stock market. They use different benchmarks. Like the S&P 500 uses 500. I think the Nasdaq uses, like, I think all of them they measure different benchmarks and they have different kind of ways of measuring it but overall they kind of measure the stock market if i'm always talking about index fund investing and when you track an index you're literally just inv- investing the way the stock market's moving if it goes up you go up if it goes down you go down it's a good marker i guess of like how the world is doing but i wouldn't get so invested in what they're doing on a day-to-day basis um, I know a lot of people when they first start investing, because I know I was like one of those people where you're like, oh, it's going up today, it's going down today, you're trying to like measure, is it going to go up, this and that. And I think the longer you invest and the longer time horizon is, the more you realize it really does not matter if it goes up or down this week or next. So that's just to clarify what those are and how important they are. This episode was, I don't want to say just a fun one. But it is always fun to do an episode in response to something as opposed to just coming up with something out of my head. It makes it easier for me, which also, speaking of, I am right now in the process of recruiting for interviews. So hopefully you can hear another perspective that is not my own on the show soon. I'll keep you guys updated on that. But in the meantime, make sure that you subscribe, you leave ratings, reviews, make sure you listen to those ads. And it's more important than ever now to tell your friends about this podcast. My name is Paris Grant. This is the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. And here, we don't keep it 100. We keep it 1 million.